I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig with details. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that proves it's never too late to make history. I'm Gabe Luzier, and today we're looking at the origin of Narcotics Anonymous, a global support network for people who wish to overcome their addictions and maintain a drug-free lifestyle. The day was October 5th, 1953. The modern incarnation of Narcotics Anonymous held its first recovery meeting in Los Angeles, California. The purpose of the meeting, and of the organization in general, was to help its members stop using addictive substances and offer support for their recovery from the effects of addiction. Alcoholics Anonymous, or AA, had been around since 1935, but it focused solely on alcohol. In contrast, Narcotics Anonymous, or NA, was founded to support those with substance abuse problems of any kind, whether it be an addiction to illegal drugs, prescription drugs, alcohol, or any combination of the three. The group has no affiliation with any government, religious institution, medical group, or law enforcement agency. NA membership has always been, and still is, completely free, with the only requirement being a desire to live a sober life. The creation of Narcotics Anonymous was a direct response to the American culture of the 1950s. Following World War II, stringent new anti-drug laws were enacted in an effort to curtail the growing epidemic of narcotic addiction. This included internal possession laws 
that enabled police to arrest known addicts even when they didn't have illegal drugs on their person. There were also loitering addict laws aimed at preventing drug users from gathering in public. These measures made it difficult for recovering addicts to hold or attend informal support meetings, and those who did were subject to police surveillance, intimidation, or arrest. That targeted crackdown led many people with multiple addictions to seek help at Alcoholics Anonymous meetings, where they were less likely to be scrutinized by police. However, many AA groups at the time didn't want recovering drug addicts at their meetings. Some explicitly banned them from attending, while others allowed them to attend open meetings, but didn't admit them to closed meetings, or recognize them as full members of the group. The pushback drug users received led to the formation of Narcotics Anonymous. And while similar groups had already hosted sporadic meetings in New York City, including ones using the NA name, the group that ultimately became the one we know today was formed in Southern California in the early 1950s. The man credited with its founding was a recovering drug user himself. His name was James Patrick Kinnan, or as he was more commonly known, Jimmy K. A local roofer in the Los Angeles area, Kinnan got hooked on codeine, pills, and alcohol in the 1940s. His substance abuse laid waste to every facet of his life, leaving him, as he put it, bankrupt physically, mentally, and spiritually, an abject failure as a man, a husband, and a father. Recognizing the dire need for change, Jimmy Kay began his recovery in 1950. He started out by attending AA meetings in North Hollywood, but quickly realized that he and others like him needed more support than the alcohol-centric group was willing to provide. With this in mind, Kinnan got in touch with a man named Danny C., who had started an NA group of his own in New York City. Both men recognized the benefits of the AA's famous 12-step program and were eager to apply that model to help those who were struggling with drug use or multiple addictions. By that time, Kinnan had also connected with other former drug users in his area who were interested in developing a group for recovering addicts. They began meeting informally in July of 1953 to discuss and develop the bylaws of the organization. Originally, the group called itself the San Fernando Valley AA-NA, but that changed on September 14th when the AA officially authorized the group to use its 12-step program and traditions. The one condition for that usage was that they stop using the AA name, leading the group to simply call itself Narcotics Anonymous. Most founding members believed Kinnan was the best person to lead the new group, and although he was reluctant to take on that responsibility, he eventually accepted the nomination, becoming the first president of Narcotics Anonymous. With the group's name, principles, and leadership now established, it was time to find a location to host their first official meeting. That was no easy task due to the widespread stigma addicts faced. But eventually, a Salvation Army Hall in the San Fernando Valley agreed to open its space to the group. The first documented meeting of Narconics Anonymous was held there on October 5, 1953. The arrangement with the Salvation Army wasn't permanent, though, and subsequent weekly meetings were held at different members' apartments for the first several years of the group's existence. These early gatherings became known as rabbit meetings because they hopped from place to place each week. 
One of the group's first expenditures was a set of green glass coffee cups and saucers. Most members didn't own enough mugs to go around at the meetings, so Jimmy K brought these with him to every one. In 1954, the group outlined the purpose of Narcotics Anonymous in an issue of The Key, a widely circulated newsletter that began in a prison hospital in Lexington, Kentucky. It said in part, quote, This is an informal group of drug addicts, banded together to help one another renew their strength and remaining free of drug addiction. It shall be the purpose of this group to endeavor to foster a means of rehabilitation for the addict and to carry a message of hope for the future to those who have become enslaved by the use of habit-forming drugs. Narcotics Anonymous grew slowly in its first few decades, but membership gradually increased, and new meetings began to be held in large cities across the country. In the early 1970s, NA meetings were also held in Australia, signaling the group's transition into an international organization. Not long after, NA meetings sprang up across the globe in countries such as Brazil, Colombia, Germany, India, Ireland, Japan, New Zealand, and Great Britain. In 1983, the group published its defining literature, The Basic Text, which laid out the history, purpose, and overall approach of the group in great detail. That booklet led to an explosion in NA membership, and by the end of the year, nearly 3,000 meetings were held worldwide in more than a dozen countries. As recognition of the drug epidemic has grown, so too has Narcotics Anonymous. Today, the group hosts more than 70,000 weekly meetings in 144 countries, making it one of the world's oldest and largest groups devoted to mutual recovery. The idea behind Narcotics Anonymous wasn't wholly original, and Jimmy K wasn't the first person to organize such a group. But his vision and dedication ensured NA's survival. As members came and went, he stood fast and made sure recovering addicts always had a welcoming place to find support and fellowship. He was also living proof of the therapeutic value of the group's peer support method, offering hope to millions who sought to overcome their addictions. Jimmy K passed away on July 9, 1985. He had been clean for more than 35 years. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. You can learn even more about history by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. And if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to send them my way at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thanks to you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.